In today's episode, I'm introducing you to Maria Rizzo. This is a conversation I had with Maria in 2019. She was educating and raising awareness about a condition she struggled with called multiple chemical sensitivity likely caused by her work in a nail salon. MCS is a condition I don't think enough people know about, so I wanted to reshare this interview because it's still incredibly relevant and important to hear. Sadly, I recently learned of Maria's passing in December of 2020. Her health declined over the two years prior, much of which she spent in a hospital to be by her father's side. Whether this caused her death or not, we won't know but we do know that hospital environments are not made for people who get sicker around cleaners, disinfectants, and synthetic chemicals. I reached out to Maria's partner to ask if I could share the audio recording of my conversation with Maria. He happily gave permission and hopes it will help more people understand the challenges people with MCS face and the shifts that we can collectively make to help make healthier environments more accessible. In this episode, I'll start with a primer of what MCS is, and then you'll hear a first-hand account of what it's like living with the condition and how you can support those who may be chemically sensitive around you. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Before I share the interview, let me share a little bit about MCS, or multiple chemical sensitivity. It is a disorder that results in reactions to chemicals that wouldn't be considered toxic to other people. Triggers vary, but fragrance and other VOCs are common. It is an incredibly complex condition, which makes it very challenging to diagnose, and it's been fraught with misdiagnosis for years. Often doctors will assume it's a psychological issue before investigating the physical side, this can be devastating for patients and delays their ability to seek appropriate treatment. The longer someone lives with MCS, especially without managing triggers, the higher the reaction and inflammation and organ overload. Given that most of the chemicals that can cause reactions are common environmental pollutants, it's practically impossible to avoid them completely. And people with MCS often wear masks out in public if they go out at all. Those with MCS often become socially isolated because they can't be around fragrance, and it's so common in personal care products, laundry, and cleaning supplies, a lot of us don't necessarily think about it, but for these people, it can be incredibly harmful. They frequently lose their jobs because they can't tolerate being in toxic workplaces, and scent-free policies are poorly managed if they exist at all, so this applies to normal office buildings. MCS sufferers call themselves canaries because they are like the coal mine canaries. 
They offer an early warning system of sorts for the rest of us because they are so acutely sensitive to their surroundings. MCS is increasing in diagnoses and therefore awareness, but it has a long way to go. I believe that health issues like MCS will increase if we don't continue to reduce toxins in our products, air, food, and water. If not for us, then for the people who work more closely with the chemicals that can build up to toxic levels faster than just as us as regular consumers. So while you may not react to fragrance or clothing or furniture, hearing the stories of people with MCS plays an important role of being able to understand their struggles. As I said, a lot of these people become very socially isolated. Many stories I've heard people have lost friends and relatives won't speak to them anymore because they simply are asking to go fragrance-free, and that is too much of an ask. In May of 2019, in honor of MCS Awareness Month, I asked Maria Rizzo to join me for a Facebook Live and share her experiences living with MCS. I met her on Instagram and found that she had a unique and effective way of communicating the challenges of MCS sufferers while sharing solutions for the rest of us to take on. In this conversation, we talk about Maria's MCS journey, the symptoms she experienced, medical system failures, and her one wish that everyone would act on right now. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, everybody. We tried to do this as a live stream, but technology wasn't cooperating. So we've got the next best thing and we are coming to you in a recording. My name is Emma Roman and I am the founder of Green at Home. And today I am joined by a very special guest, Maria Rizzo. Hello, Maria. Hi, Emma. How are you? (laughs) I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Excited to be able to spread awareness about MCS. And thank you for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, thank you for joining me. So for those of you who don't know, May is MCS Awareness Month. And it's a topic that I haven't covered very much of specifically on my feed. I mean, I talk about it as one of the risks with the various chemicals in our environment and our everyday products, but I haven't really done a deep dive into it. And so I thought with it being official MCS Awareness Month, that it would be good to talk to somebody who actually suffers from MCS instead of me going on some academic description as to what it is. So I came across Maria Rizzo's Instagram feed a little while ago, I guess. And I liked the way that she was going about advocating for MCS and I invited her to come on here and educate everybody a little bit as to what the illness is and what it is like living with it. So thank you very much Maria for sharing your story today. So you where I guess we should let everybody know where you are. You're in Australia. Oh I yes I'm in Sydney Australia and it's not great to be living here with MCS in any city it's it's really difficult so but unfortunately I don't have a choice. Right. A lot of people say, why don't you just go and move somewhere where it's less polluted? But you know, I haven't worked for so since I was 29, so I don't have the financial backing just to pick up and leave. Wow. Okay. So when were you diagnosed with MCS? Okay. So I was officially diagnosed in 2004. 
but that was many, many years after I'd been sick for a long time. I started to get sick at work. I worked as a hairdresser and a nail artist. Mm -hmm. And it was early 1992 when I started to feel sick. You know, I started to have headaches and swollen lymph nodes, fatigue, and I could taste acetone in my mouth from the acrylic nails and my whole body was just becoming saturated with all these chemicals. And it was only in 2004 that I had a workers' compensation case against my work that I was referred to an environmental doctor who actually put a name to what I had, which was multiple chemical sensitivity. Prior to that, I had no idea what was going on and a lot of doctors here had no idea what was going on. So it was, it was quite a horrific and quite a scary position to be in. You don't know what's going on, especially when you, you know, your symptoms can be, you know, so devastating, debilitating. So I was lucky to have, I suppose, the workers' compensation win that, which was great. And so from there, I, I realised what I had, and from there, I could start my journey to trying to manage MCS. And when you sought medical input, I guess. What did they think you had or what did they tell you before you got officially diagnosed? Before I was diagnosed? Yes. Oh, before I was diagnosed, the eye rolls came, the, the psychiatric, you know, diagnoses came. The I was treated extremely poorly by the medical profession. That's just a... That's a, like a horror movie in itself. I can tell you it's horrific. So it was really, really tough. And the whole time they were basically just telling me, that, you know, it's all in your head, get out. We, you know, you're basically like a bit of a pain. Keep, you keep going to the hospital, unable to walk in. I was carried in. I was having stroke-like uh, symptoms. I was oh, really paralysed at some stages. And basically just the hospital system didn't want to know. And, yeah, it was, it was horrific, absolutely horrific. And I spent maybe three years of that nightmare trying to get a diagnosis. Oh, goodness. And you, so you had stroke-like symptoms, paralysis. What other kinds of symptoms have you experienced? Okay, so I had chest pain, irregular heartbeats, palpitations, asthma-like reactions. I literally just couldn't breathe sometimes at all. I couldn't get my breath. So I had migraines, headaches, chronic fatigue. I'm not talking tired. I'm talking debilitating fatigue yeah. where, you know, you can't even stir a cup of tea. That's how tired you are. And, yeah, so I had the stroke light symptoms, dizziness, neurological symptoms, you know, confusion. I was also giving, given medications at that time, which adversely affected my condition as well because I didn't know, they didn't know, take this, take antidepressants, take these drugs, and I trusted them And because that's what you do when you're, you know, you're in your 20s and you don't know what's going on. And they had a huge impact on my health as well because I was highly sensitive to medications and most people with MCS are. So, yeah, the symptoms were just, yeah, I was just, my body basically had no defences to fight chemicals. So at the stage around 1997, my body just collapsed and I couldn't walk and yeah, literally going to one room to another just to walk, they would take me an hour. Goodness. And were those symptoms brought on by anything that you could pinpoint at that point? Well, at that time, my symptoms started from hairdressing and from the nails. But when my system crashed, what happened was I actually went overseas for a while, for about six months. And when I came back, I went straight back into the hairdressing and nail chemicals and that hit me really 
car. Hmm. So the doctor said it's like, you know, if you're a smoker, people can relate. They have a, they're a smoker, but then they have a cigarette after about a year and they start getting head spins. So because they're away from those chemicals, they really notice a difference when they're back in them again. Great. But because I went on holidays and I was away for six months, when I went back in, my system just crashed. So all those symptoms were quite magnified. I definitely wasn't aware of the chemicals and cleaning products. And I can say that when I was using cleaning products, within maybe 45 minutes an hour later, I couldn't walk again. Hmm. So at that time, I, I, can, I see that now, but at that time I didn't realise that at all. So even, you know, anything, I was, I was even still doing my hair because I, I really wasn't aware. I knew that something was very wrong with me and I kept on thinking the chemicals at work made me very ill, but I wasn't really aware of the everyday chemicals. So every time I'd use everyday chemicals, I couldn't walk again and then I'd go back to the emergency room or I'd have to be carried around for days or, yeah. So it took a long time to actually piece all, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together, many, yeah. many years. And that's a common story that I hear from other people in the MCS community as well. It's a big back and forth with various medical professionals, like you say. And it's, I mean, the symptoms that you run off, that's like six different diseases in one at different times. Yes. And then other people present with similar, but also different. So it's a very complex and complicated issue. And our medical system isn't set up to deal with atypical symptoms or symptoms that aren't in a pattern, right? Like it's, that's right. It's very hard. That's so when you, you don't fit into the box, you know, yes. you, that's, they don't know what to do with you anymore. So they just throw you into the psychiatric box, which, you know, happens to a lot of us. Right. And this is a huge problem because that's all that they know. And then, you know, they, they need to start thinking outside of their box. Right. And then, you know, we have all the evidence now. So it's great. That's why I'm able and I feel confident to advocate for myself now. And so you found an environmental medicine doctor who was able to identify that you weren't crazy, that it wasn't all yeah. in your head. <laughs> Fine. Um, <laughs> and so what did they tell you? Like what, what was the next kind of course of action for you? Okay. So for me, MCS doesn't have really a cure. And so you have to manage the illness. So for me, it was about making my home safe. And you need a safe home because that's where you recover from your everyday exposures if you, if you can leave your home if you have MCS. So it was about knowing that, okay, the lounge that I had bought, the leather lounge I had bought, made me very sick, that had to go. My bedroom needed to be very safe so I don't have any clothes, I don't have any shoes. I just have literally a bed in there and that's it. You know, so it was about eating organic foods. It was about me cleaning with just bicarb soda and vinegar, whatever is safe for me to clean with. And air purifiers, I have two air purifiers as well and also dehumidifiers, removing mould as well, mould dust mite and pollen is a huge problem for me it's very disabling actually mm -hmm. very disabling it's just about management and supplements as well but i was actually so sensitive i couldn't actually take any supplements and i've only really introduced supplements in the last two years oh, only wow. two supplements yeah before that they just made me sick nauseated and i just they didn't agree with me at all we're all different with mcs as well some people can tolerate some things some can't tolerate anything so and our symptoms vary as well right and so did you do a 
like a physical detox at all to get your kind of body burden down or is that not matter? It's just all about controlling your exposures. Um, yeah, I did stay at home. I mean, I was home, you know, I'd say six days out of the week. Oh, goodness. And go out for an hour. And at one stage, I mean, I did have chronic fatigue as well. So for two years I was in bed and I was probably up for an hour. So there was many years where I was pretty much literally at home all the time. And so that actually obviously helped as well as much as I was extremely ill. That's what I needed to recover and rest and make my home environment safe. And, and now I've gotten to the stage where I can go out and, you know, depending on the chemicals I'm exposed to, I mean, every day you don't know what's out there. But as soon as I leave my front door, I'm sick. And that's just the way it is. So I can go out for an hour. If I'm exposed to fragrances, I've got to come home. I'm covered in fragrances. But I quickly do the process of, you know, shower, showering, lots of water. I actually eat chilli a lot because chilli speeds up my metabolism a little bit mm. and helps me detoxify my system a bit quicker. So it depends on the exposures as to how long I need to then stay home for to detox and recover for the next exposure. So what do you wish people knew more about the illness? Because there's a lot of misunderstanding and misconceptions for those who even know what it is in the first place. I suspect a lot of people yes. watching don't even know what MCS is. No, they don't. I mean, we, we're called human canaries because the miners used to use canaries in coal mines to warn them of the toxic gases. So we are called human canaries to actually warn people. And I think that I wish people listened to us more because we're our, you know, we're trying to like sound on the alarm and let you know that all these chemicals in the environment, they're not safe. And we've just accepted everything without questioning anything. And this is the whole issue here. And I got sick at work. And I'd hate for anyone else to get sick at work, but most people can get sick from a pesticide exposure, from mold exposure, from, from many different chemical exposures. And we also want more people to know how devastating our illness is and that we're not exaggerating our symptoms. That's another big thing because it's an invisible disability. I look perfectly well. I'm sure I look perfectly well yeah. to you as well. You do. You never know how that I've, I've woken up at 4 o'clock with, with smoke coming into my unit and I've been sick for weeks and everything. You'll never know how much an MCS sufferer is suffering until you actually, you know, walk in their shoes. For an MCS person, if you were to visit an MCS person, we really require everybody, the people who visit us, to be 100% fragrance-free because you're coming into our safe home. So if you say, oh, I've just put a little bit of fragrant lotion on, it shouldn't matter or they're not going to notice. I mean, it, everything matters. And it's like if you have a peanut allergy, you're not going to expose that person to just a little bit of peanuts. It has to be zero. And that's what we want people to know, that unfortunately it has to be zero for us. It's not unfortunately, it, our lives depend on it, our health depends on it. Yeah, we're not exaggerating. I think that's the big thing here, that it's our lives and we've lost our lives and we've lost our careers and we've lost our family and our homes and our friends because people just, it's too hard for them to go fragrance-free. And with all the products today that are out there, it actually really shouldn't be that difficult. Is fragrance a big one because, I mean, we know when it's there, you can smell it, so it's an obvious trigger, but it's not only fragrance that can be triggering, right? I mean, you mentioned a few no, different... No, that's right. 
Yeah, fragrance is a big one because there's a problem with us with access to the world, to society, access to hospitals, access to public toilets, access to our doctors to put some services. That's why fragrance is a big issue with MCS. Yeah. But that's just one trigger. And so the other triggers are new carpet, pesticides, cleaning products, new paint, incense, wood smoke, cigarette smoke, glues, inks from newspaper, from magazines. From Pretty much any art. form of VOC, volatile organic compounds. Absolutely. And that's the other thing is that, you know, a lot of these chemicals, are, I've had the experience where there's been no smell, there's been no odour, but I've been totally disabled by them. Right. And in one way, it's better to have an odour <laughs> so that I, I am aware, you know, but those odours, you know, that's why they put it a smelling gas. Yes. Because gas doesn't have a smell and people need to be alerted. Yeah. So, I mean, you alluded to a, li a little bit, but what do you wish we would all do to help create safer spaces for those with MCS and other environmental illnesses? Okay, so the best thing that everybody can do is to reduce or eliminate all the chemical, you know, fragrances in society, in your workplace, in public spaces, but also you're doing it for yourself as well. You know, to choose non-toxic materials, non-toxic products as well for cleaning and fragrance-free products. The other thing I'd like to also say is that aromatherapy is a barrier for people with MCS as well. So I think a lot of people are thinking that aromatherapy, we can just put it to replace fragrances, but that's a huge problem for us. And aromatherapy should really be for private home use. To clarify, you're talking about essential oils. That's right. Yeah, essential oils. Yeah. Yeah. So fragrance-free is 100% yes. fragrance-free, whether it's synthetic or all-natural essential oils. Yes. So we're clear. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm highly allergic to lily flowers, to jasmine, all those flowers as well. So it doesn't matter if you think something is natural, like even a lot of essential oils are volatile organic compounds. Yeah. It, it still has an effect on people. Yes. Ideally, I would love everybody to write a letter and complain and get rid of every air freshener in the world. I would, I will do that. <laughs> everybody, I mean, you should actually look at that and go, I'm a bit concerned because why are you, why are you putting chemicals in my air? No one asked me if that was okay. Yeah. It can be done. I, I've actually done it in my Westfield shopping centre. I've taken down two massive air fresheners in Sydney's Westfield shopping centre. So it's a matter of, you know, if you don't get a ride in and complain, nothing's going to change. So you have to be the change that you want to see. We need to clean up our air. And we can't go on like this, assuming that fragrances is natural to breathe in. It's not. It's just, yeah. it's just wrong. So right. for me, yeah, if everyone could go fragrance-free, that'd be great. <laughs> Every MCS person. <laughs> and I mean, ideally, we want to bring in fragrance-free work policies worldwide as well. And that will also protect everyone's health because fragrance is the new secondhand smoke and you wouldn't allow someone in your workplace who's smoking. So because fragrances have such adverse effects, the same as smoking, we need to really you know do the same thing with fragrances and have fragrance free work policies everywhere awesome thank you maria so much for sharing your experience with us tonight and your wish for everyone i hope there's something here that you can all act on even if it starts with a little bit of empathy and snowballs from there but definitely reconsidering how much fragrance you take outside your home with you i think is a is a huge step that we should all be considering so thank you maria for joining me
Thank you, Emma. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's so lovely to meet you. You too. And I will tag your various feeds in this post. So if you want to follow Maria, she shares various pieces of information um, in a kind of cheeky way. <laughs> so I'm trying to sort of yeah, yeah. appeal to the, the public. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a I think it's a great approach. So I'll let you know where you can find her. Thanks, Maria. Thank you, Emma. Wait, before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and like what you've heard, please take a moment to hit subscribe and leave a five-star rating and a written review. You can do it right from the app. It takes just a sec and really helps me to be able to continue to share this important information with more people. Plus, you might just get a shout out on a future episode. Thanks so much and bye for now.